And welcome back to Zero to Hero Comics, the show where three friends talk about comic books. I'm Max. I'm Adam. My name's Jordan. Guys, Season we're back. Three. Season three. Let's Season hit. three. But is it a series or a season? What do we call it? Do we call it a, a series? Equal opportunity is all inclusive on this podcast. You can call it whatever, whatever it wants to be called. It's a nice little segue, actually, into um, discussing Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, everyone. Um, Thank you. Happy Pride Month to you. Happy Pride Month Magic to you, too. podcast two. future. I like that. Little time travel element there. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That links in nicely with the comic book, too. Oh, I know. So many connections. Better but, than Max's oh, internet connections, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true. Prior, prior to recording this, we have had some technical issues, which will yes. hopefully now be Ma- resolved. Max hopefully, some technical issues. Yeah, that is yeah, true. That really is true. Really. Let's let's not blame everyone else here. We 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 all know who is at fault. Come on, guys. Let's be a community. Um, <laughs> but so. This season, we're kind of going back to our format slightly. We're not talking about shows. We're talking about characters. We're, this season, we're not focusing on old and new stories, comparing the two. We're just focusing on a kind of core event, especially within the LGBT kind of focus lens that we're going to be looking through. This week, we're going to be talking about one of the original founding X-Men, Iceman, a.k.a. Bobby Drake. Adam, what are your thoughts on the X-Men before we get into Bobby? directly i don't really know much about the x-men if i'm honest um i know we touched a little bit in the first season briefly but um yeah i remember watching a cartoon when i was a kid but i've not i've I've not seen i've not seen any of the like live action movies because they just don't interest me enough that cartoon was good though like you've got to admit that you enjoyed the cartoon right yeah, I enjoyed the funky theme tune as well, man. <laughs> no organisation there. We all went into the exact same bit. That shows how iconic that theme tune was. Exactly. I did love it. And I think for a lot of people, that was their introduction to the X-Men. Yeah, I think I think Especially to like a lot of people comic, are comic book heroes and and like superheroes in general. I think that and Spider-Man were the two that kind of were going on around that time i think yeah there was the fantastic four and the hulk ones but i don't remember them being as good or at least not as long i suppose not the same longevity yeah i think the x-men in particular was like the tv series the cartoon was yeah 100 percent. jordan what are your thoughts on the x-men uh i like them i enjoy it a lot of things in this comic confused me um oh same okay like, like I, 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 I'm familiar with kind of a few of the X-Men thing. Like, I've watched not all the movies, but some of the movies. Obviously, I watched the comic, but uh, watched the comic, watched the cartoon. Um, but there were just certain things. I was like, wait, hold on, what's going on here? Like, why are they doing this? Like, why is why is Hank not blue anymore? Um, and then I was like, hold on, at the end, like, what's going on there with Gene? Like, that's new. And yeah, th- there was a few things that confused me. Um, I enjoyed it though; it was good. I like the X Men, like as a as a franchise, as like as like a group of heroes. There's so many of them. It's a nice little kind of like complicated family unit, shall we say? Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, I agree. The <laughs> X Men go; they go for a lot. Obviously, originally created by Stanley and Jack Kirby in the 1963. 
it's you know the xavier school for gifted youngsters is very much where it takes place a lot of the time then surprisingly toward just before the 80s the x-men was the lowest selling marvel book they people weren't interested in it then a famous writer called chris claremont comes in he revamps the whole team he thinks it should be a team of international heroes he introduces characters like storm wolverine colossus all the names that you nightcrawler all the people that you think of with x-men then in kind of comic book land they all stay in the xavier school for a while then they then move to an island just off the san francisco bay called utopia that's a mutant only island of course classic that gets destroyed as always they then yeah they then go new school the Jean gray institute for higher learning i believe it's called now that again that's destroyed (laughs) and now in the comic books they've made a portal to another dimension called um krakoa you can only go through the portal if you have an X gene. So you can only go through if you are a mutant, if you if it detects that you are a mutant. But the comics we're looking at at the moment, they've not gone. That's not through this portal. That's they've time traveled here. This is yeah. more time travel than dimensional travel. Yeah. So, yeah. Before we get into it fully, what Jordan's referring to. So the two issues I asked Jordan and Adam to read were all new, all different X Men from uh, issue 40 and uncanny x-men um issue 600 so utopia has pretty much been destroyed that we see um at the beginning of all new all different x-men and then i believe at the start of uncanny x-men they are yeah at the gene gray school for higher learning so they've kind of updated it from there yeah utopia lasts for quite a while but as always with X-Men, they wherever they get, they get destroyed. But before we go into those a little bit more, what I really like about the X-Men is that essentially you can have pretty much any power because people can just have like particular genes and stuff like that. I mean, Jordan, what were some of your favourite X-Men and powers? I mean, I feel like looking back at the cartoon, I, I, I always thought Gambit was really cool. Like the power, not as amazing, but I just I just thought he was cool. I enjoyed him as a character. Obviously, I'm gonna say Wolverine because everyone loves Logan. He's he's great. Um, I don't know, so many. I I like I quite like the whole Jean Grey Phoenix thing and like the Phoenix Force and all that. I always think that's I really enjoy kind of storylines that tie into that. Um, I don't know. Raven was cool. Nightcrawler teleporting. I'd love to teleport. That'd be cool. I don't mind being blue either. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, teleporting would be cool. I wouldn't mind that, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll be blue at a push. And it was at this moment, dear listeners, that Max's internet died. R.I.P. Hello and welcome back to Zero to Hero Comics, the show where two friends talk about comic books. <laughs> Max has left us, he's gone. 
he's just gone. Like his internet is awful. So yeah, it's just us two now. He's not come back. So I think we should just carry on without him. Guys, I'm 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 right here, and my feelings <laughs> still still hurt. He has uh, returned. Yeah. I'm back. I'm back from the never world of the internet. Oh, we kind of replaced you with nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my contribution can be easily replaced with just silence. We brought back Adam's crusty baguette and drew a face on it, and uh, it's actually it's sat next to him at the moment. So I love it. I love I've got it. a lot. I'm, I'm loving my baguette. Bestie has made it into season three. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of time for the baguette. The baguette, to be honest, I think if we ever start making merch, we should just send out baguettes with little googly eyes on them. I agree. I think the baguette would be great merch. Yeah, the baguette would be good, but. Back to X Men. I was, yeah. Um, what I've I can't remember if we asked in the last segment, Adam, what your kind of favorite X Men was. Did you have a favorite growing up? If you can remember any? Um, no, I didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, no favorites, so you don't remember them. Because we could go with a, a, like a loose description that Max and me can try and guess who you're referring to. Yeah, that'd I be a fun that, little game. I liked that. That. Uh, was that what they called stalk? Don't say Jubilee. No. Oh, what's wrong with Jubilee? I don't, I don't know who Jubilee nobody is. Nobody likes. Nobody. Liked... She was the one in the yellow, the yellow trench coat. Who it was shot just fire So the one I liked was from the cartoon. This is all based on the cartoon. Was yeah. the one with long whitish hair. Was it Storm? Yeah, Storm. Storm. Yeah. Did I get the name right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I liked. I liked her. I can't Storm. remember why. I just remember liking her hair. So... <laughs> you just like white hair. <laughs> Yeah, it's in line with his age bracket, to be fair. So, excuse me. Yeah, I'm all blonde, not grey. Thank you very much. And how much of that is natural? To be fair, all of it right now. To be fair, Storm's a great character. I've got a lot of time for Storm. She's like an X Men. She's an X Men go to, like a standard. And to think she wasn't in the original team. I was going to say when you said about the original team, I was super surprised because I obviously the original team, from what I remembered, was from the cartoon. And, like, Bobby wasn't an original member. He was, like, a young kid that they brought on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no... um news to me. Yeah, so, like, yeah, like I say, the original team, it was a lot smaller. I remember how I was saying, obviously, Chris Claremont added in kind of yeah. a lot more from, from that. But, yeah, the original team was literally um, Angel, Beast, Cyclops, Iceman, and Jean. And, obviously, she used to go by um, uh, Marvel Girl, I believe was yeah. her original name. And then, yeah, when then when you get the uh, Chris Claremont, he adds in Wolverine, Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, um, and Kitty Pride. Before they joined, that was they, that was when they were called the X Factor, was it? Because that was their name apparently for a period. Really? So, so my research. So X Maybe. Factor is its is its own thing. So right. basically, after Chris Claremont's success with X Men, mm-hmm. basically Marvel. So Jim Shooter, who's the editor and editor in chief of Marvel at the time, he's like, Chris, this is amazing. Like X Men was our lowest selling book to now our highest selling book. We need to capitalize on this money, make more. So, so yeah. Then they created basically a, a franchise. You've got so I'm trying. Hundred percent. If I miss any people, please write in, tweet at us. Angry and people call Max out. I love it when yeah. you do that. Exactly. So obviously we've got the original X-Men team. You've got um, X-Force, who are like the Black Ops CIA version of X-Men. You've got uh, the New Mutants, which are X-Men in training. You've got 
uh, Excalibur, <laughs> which is an all-British mutant team. Interesting. Yeah. And there is an X-Factor team as well, but I can't remember what their unique thing is. But yeah, yeah you... Yeah, it's that X-Factor. Lara is man, strong guy and Havoc? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, Havoc is, I'm researching Havoc is while Cyclops we're brother. Yeah, Havoc yeah. is Cyclops' brother. Uh, Polaris is one, uh, is another illegitimate child of Magneto. Magneto gets around. He's a bit of a player, isn't he? Yeah, I would say, arguably, Magneto is one of the best vill- ongoing villains because, obviously, he's meant to be a representation, so they say, of Malcolm X because you've got Charles Xavier who promotes peace and mutant unity. And you've got mm-hmm. um, uh, Eric, a.k.a. Magneto, who's like, no, mutant power, or as he calls him, homo superior, is a mutant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's generally, he's in, what, endured so long in the comic books, and he's just great. Like, he's obviously sometimes ally, sometimes enemy. I was going as a villain, he's not always the villain. And a lot of the time you're like, I mean, to be fair, people are giving the X-Men a rough time. Maybe he's not wrong. <laughs> No, exactly. He's just, I don't know. He, yeah, I think I think people forget how much X, like the whole X Men and bits like that, is is based around civil rights and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, I think I think it's really good. And it's Chris Claremont again. We can't stop talking about Chris Claremont because he gave us the X Men that me, you, Adam, we've all grown up with enjoying. Like he's the one who added Magneto's backstory about being in uh, Auschwitz or one of the other kind of concentration camps. Like he added all that backstory in. He, you know, flushed out these characters, and I was like, "Love it!" And it stood the test of time, hasn't it? Because, like, in in essence, these newer characters are like probably more popular than some of the original. I don't think Iceman rarely gets the same kind of recognition as like Wolverine in his bright yellow spandex got. I know, which is a shame because in the most recent Iceman series, so in the mutant world, Adam. You've got different levels of being Omega. a mutant. Yeah, the top level of being a mutant is Omega level mutant. So they're the ones that are basically like, shit's going to hit the fan if they turn against you. Okay. And yeah, they've recently changed it. So him, so Bobby, he's now a Omega level mutant, which essentially okay. would like just, just cause all disruption in the whole world. Like he could okay. cause a new ice age. He can like, yeah. Because uh, while I was reading about that, actually, because I was like, Omega, really? He just makes things cold and shoots little ice blasts, but he can yeah. make sentient ice and like yeah, make a really... curve himself and stuff. Exactly. So yeah, you've got um, you've got the beta, you've got epsilon class, beta level, alpha level mutants, and then you move on to the omega level mutants. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to be considered an Omega-level mutant, even though, ironically, I don't believe Wolverine's an Omega-level mutant, unless we're talking about popularity. He's an Omega-level mutant. No, but, I mean, to be fair, Wolverine's kind of... He's quite... An, he's an individual... He's one person with sharp hands, basically. He is the ultimate weapon. Like, yeah, I mean, he is, but he's just one person, like his powers don't massively impact others. Like, Bobby can, what, freeze things on a molecular level? Yeah. 
He can like travel through water in the blink of an eye. He can replace his entire body with ice, and he got like completely destroyed, and then reassembled himself, still alive. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, he can put himself he can back do together a bit more, can't he? Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I mean. I think again, he's one of those really great characters that I again I agree. I think is very much overlooked. Because, and but then I think you could fall into a lot of mutants fall into that one because there are just so many. I also on the flip of that, I think on the flip of that, I do enjoy a roster that kind of constantly changes, mm. and that you can kind of create a bit more from that, which I, I do space. like. I'm not gonna lie. That's why because his powers are well. If you take away obviously, well, his claws are quite a, attack, but the rest of his powers are kind of not defensive. They're just they're you know they're only like smell, vision, like and stuff like that. It's just they're not really like go out and get your powers are they yeah i mean this is talking about prime earth wolverine so there might be other wolverines with more but yeah he, yeah he read the paper. yeah when we got, got remember how we talked about before there was the ultimate marvel universe where they tried to make it more like the ultimate marvel universe was basically imagine if all these people with powers were in the real world so there's real world ramifications and they try and put real physics on everything so that wolverine even though this is about Iceman, but we'll talk about Wolverine for a second. We can't um, talk about Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, you can't not talk about Wolverine. That the ultimate version of Wolverine, instead of having like the healing factor, his power is was I can't remember what they call it, but basically it's ultimate survivability. Mm. So no matter what happens to him, he survives. So if Isn't you know a you bit blow of, a hole uh, in the chest of Darwin, though. Well, Darwin's is adaptive survival, though, isn't it? Whereas Wolverine's one is more like Wolverine's more one like if you blow a hole in his chest, his body will heal because to survive, the gunshot wound needs to be closed. Whereas Darwin's, if you go to shoot him, he's like, I'll just make myself a steel body because steel is a uh, bulletproof for you, yeah. there, Adam. Darwin Sorry, was a mutant. Darwin, I think I think you'd like Darwin, Adam. He's an interesting character. Darwin essentially is his power is like adaptive evolution. So if you okay. threw him in, in like a lake and he couldn't mm. get up, he would automatically grow gills. Oh, like instant evolution kind of thing. Yeah. That's like me when so, I go to Manchester and I try and emulate their accent. Yeah, you grow gills. <laughs> I don't grow. Yeah. I Hot topic on the podcast. Say about the uh, the Manchester people. Yeah. Hot topic on the podcast. Adam thinks everyone from Manchester has gills. Okay. Yeah. Fuck right off. That's not what I meant. What I meant was <laughs> I adapt. I adapt to my environment. So like, I adapt the way I speak to the people that I'm with. Would you like me to start calling you Darwin? No. No. Oh. Thank you. We could do it anyway. We never normally ask for permission. He's been baguette yeah. boy. Yeah, for I was going to say that. That is the most generous I have ever been. To be fair, yeah, all right, all right, That's quite true. That's true. Right, what we'll do? We'll take a quick break now. The internet is working, so I don't want it to be too too long. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll um get into the kind of nitty gritty and LGBTQ plus of it all of this comic. So we'll see you in a second. Sounds good. Catch you later. See you in a sec. Max may or may not be back after this. <laughs> I hope I'm back. Hi guys, thanks for listening to our episode. Don't forget you can still email us at zero to hero comics at gmail.com. 
email us about the issues we the issue we're talking about, the shows we're talking about, or anything past that we've done. We'd love to hear from you. We're also now on Twitter. So if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, then tweet us at Z2, that's the number two, H Comics. That's Z2H Comics. You can also slide into our DMs on Instagram using the same handle uh, as on Twitter. Uh, that is Z2H Comics. That is Z2, the number H Comics. And now that's the episode. I'm back. I'm still here. I still have the power of the internet. We are, I really we, we are to, also uh, back. Yeah, I really wanted to just stay silent, just so I thought everyone else <laughs> yeah. had gone. And only Damn, I should have so alone. I considered it, but because we're, because we're on the call, I couldn't communicate that with you. To like tell you exactly. that's the plan. So uh, that's the worst thing for for people who are listening. Jordan often calls me and just gaslights me that he can't hear me, <laughs> but we'll stay connected on the call. <laughs> that's the worst torture. Let's not, let's not I don't. I don't think he's gaslighting you. I think it's just just like what happens, like just bad connection. Yeah, because 100%. a lot of the time Adam and me are sat here being like, "Can you hear Max?" And I'm like, "No," and he's like, "I can't." <laughs> and then you're like where did you guys go we're like we're here where have you gone 100 percent gaslighting because i can hear you doing your little muttly laugh in the background and oh, i'll know i know, I know it was you i don't know about that mm. i am not affecting your internet connection that seems like a you problem yeah that if i think if you had a mutant power jordan it would be something random like that like i can disrupt wi-fi but only oh, within no. a few meter range yeah, but I'm nowhere near you, so it's definitely not me. But also, that'd be a really useful power in today's day and age. You'd be like a like a traveling dead zone for like Wi-Fi and stuff. A hundred percent, like a kind of like relaxation holiday place would pay you to stay there, so their clientele like couldn't connect to the internet. Yeah, exactly. Like you could go to like social media addiction centers and just chill out there. No internet. Sorry. See, I feel like that in central London sometimes that someone's doing that to me because, like, for some strange it's reason, Jordan. in central London, I do not I'm get phone signal or data, so it's very annoying. Yeah, London's yeah, pretty bad annoying. for that, to be honest. Yeah, you wouldn't think that for a city. I think oh, it's because right. there's so much going on, there's like a lot of interference. Yeah, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into this week's episode of Do I Have Signal? Yes or No. <laughs> Uh, it's been a good episode it's a relevant but, problem to us to you it is, not to us it is. we're fine hopefully hopefully not going forward but well you know what we're it's season three let's let anything happen we'll you know what we'll change it this podcast will become a monthly newsletter oh. we'll, we'll go old school but it's so wi-fi updates Word yeah, it's just yeah it's just wi-fi updates just little pictures of the internet bar going up and down um <laughs> So, Bobby Drake, as an LGBTQ plus character, is actually a very recent thing. It only happened, well, this issue was the kind of the last one for all new X-Men, which kind of came out around about 2015. And it was a relatively new thing. And it kind of took the comic book world by surprise because no one was expecting it. I mean, obviously, the last issue of a comic book, you do expect something or to either, you know, someone's going to die or the status quo will change, things like that. But yeah, this was very out of the blue. 
some fans liked it in the sense of cool you know we liked you know the whole expression of the window outside your world we want to see you know we want to see our real life expressed in comic books yeah. other people yeah. didn't like it not necessarily in a homophobic way just in the way they felt like it was very shoehorned in and kind of came out of nowhere obviously yeah, i saw we'll a lot of in- people on the internet getting real ag- like really aggressive about it i saw some very kind of angry comment sections about this first one the um yeah the we'll, we'll do one yeah we'll do uncanny yeah. after but yeah we'll focus on all new yeah sorry what were they saying in the comments jordan just some like you say shoehorning like because i i can't recall the character but there was a character that was introduced that was evidently gay from the get-go because they had i don't know i think they said that there was always like as the same male was answering the phone for them when they was in the hotel room and all of all these things like that. They didn't explicitly say it because of apparently some comic book rule of the time that they couldn't say it, which kind yeah, of the comic book code the time. Yeah. Um, but they basically said that because Bobby, because for me, Bobby was in a re- relationship with Kitty. Yeah. Like that is what I remember. And I mean, I don't, I don't really care to be honest who he's in a relationship with but it was like i was like oh i did i didn't even realize when you presented it to me i was like oh this is new i'm interested to find out but some people seem very angry about that change no i know i was sorry Sorry, go on adam no after you i was just gonna say like i've got obviously i don't know any background into this whatsoever but just from what you're saying with people like oh that's a surprise like for some people like they're coming out journey is can be a shock for people and some people feel that they have to hide their true selves or cover themselves up so much that it wouldn't ever be evident to to people around them and then at some point it just like I don't know they just have to be true to themselves I guess and some people yeah maybe I don't know maybe that's what happened here Admittedly, or, it being evident to another person, she is a mind reader. So that's uh, she's got a little bit of an advantage. <laughs> that is very I mean, true. That is very true. But also, I also wondered though, do you think they're just paying lip service and being like, "Oh, we need a lot to." Of people were saying that we need to someone around them and just saying, "Yeah, mm. yeah." I feel like I I do agree to an extent of. Not that I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I quite like that. It's like, yes, we want more, you know, representation of all groups in comic books. And I don't think it should be something that, unfortunately, is becoming sometimes a bit of fan service. It shouldn't be. But you know what? As long as they get their representation, I don't mind how people get it. And I think they should all have it because I'm not being funny. There's enough straight white characters to fill every comic book anyway. So I think as long as it's done well. As long as it's done yeah, well, that, exactly. that, that for me is what I think is important. Mm. Exactly. And I personally have seen it done well in different ways. Like, obviously, we're not going to talk about them on this season, we, um, but we will, there'll no doubt their names will come up throughout season Midnight or an Apollo with DC comic, in my opinion, does it a lot better. But what I was going to say to you, Adam, is this is one that I found in my research that kind of a hot topic that got brought up a lot with this particular issue is the issue of consenting 
that essentially, you know, granted, Jean can't help it. Her powers are kind of always active. She can't help reading people's minds sometimes. Is it right? Do you think that she obviously read Bobby's mind and then, yes, she pulls him off on his own, but that she confronts him about it? I personally disagree with how she handled it. I think she she shouldn't have, like, well, reading someone's mind is fairly intrusive, I would say. It's like reading yeah. someone's diary, isn't it? Um, yeah. And But then it's what you do with that knowledge. Because I think, like, if you have that kind of power, you kind of, like, have a responsibility to be, I don't know, compliant with GDPR. <laughs> and yeah. be like... <laughs> I'd love to see that issue of the comic. Where <laughs> Jean Grey's like, let me just fill in these forms. Yeah. But I mean, like, you need to handle it with care. And I think with anything like that, if if someone becomes aware of something about someone um, and it needs to be handled sensitively and not in a confronting way. Mm. And I'm always a believer that if when it comes to anyone's coming out journey, it should be that person's journey and it's that person's right to tell who they wish at a time that is safe for them and when they feel comfortable. And I think in this sense, she kind of like forced him to yeah, the choice was reveal taken, himself. It? So it yeah. wasn't really his choice. I agreed a hundred percent. There's a, what Adam's describing, especially is in, um, uh, all new X-Men, there's a kind of an eight panel section of a little bit of conversation between Jean and Bobby. Uh, So she starts it before that panel. She says, no, I know. And believe me, she knows, but, and he says, but she's, you know what? Come on. They hand gesture at each other. What's happening? Bobby, you're gay. And I feel like she, yeah, she doesn't really get it. She kind of almost makes not, I know it's wrong for me to say she kind of, like, come on, obviously, you know you're gay. That's not fair. She doesn't do that. But the way she kind of, I don't know, I feel like she unfairly forces it forces it out of him a little bit. And you can see the pure, like, horror on his face when she says you're gay. And he's just like, when he says, like, what, what, why, why would you say that? He is literally like, that, I don't know, like, that, that facial expression, like, he's obviously in his mind, like it's a, a secret for him and suddenly like someone knows and it's really, really unnerving for him. And maybe, maybe for her, um, I'm, I'm assuming um, she's, she's straight. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but for her, like, I, this is probably a massive assumption, but I think for some people who don't ever have to come out to anybody else, I think that, they don't realize how difficult that process can be for someone. I mean, for some people, for some people, it's very, very easy and quite natural to do, but for others, it takes a bit more time and it's much more of a a process and something that they have to come to terms with themselves. And then having to tell other people can be a really massive, um, massive part of their lives that they have to deal with. And then, they can feel very uplifted afterwards, but the process of having to to actually come out can be really, really hard and horrible for some people. And I don't think that perhaps she understands the difficulty or how difficult it is for someone to come out. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Especially like those panels where he says, "Like, stop! Like, stop reading my mind right now!" Like he's mm. evidently not happy, and she's just pushing and pushing, and it, that'd be actually really annoyed me when I read that. See, for yeah. me, I, I I've seen a lot of fans give Gene like a lot of hate for for that that bit that you've just gone through in particular. But for me, I'm looking at it, and she's like, oh, "Come on, like, like I could." She doesn't have full control of her power. She is accidentally doing it. She's found out by accident. She's tucking him aside. And it is almost like a, it is a, why are you saying these things about this woman? Like, why are you being fake kind of thing? Mm. And it is a private conversation. She, she looks uncomfortable as well. Like, she knows she shouldn't know. And, and she's kind of like, I don't want to say this. I want you to say it. So to me, it, a lot of the people reading it had a lot of hatred in that. I can get why, but it didn't seem as, I don't know, accusatory as people are saying it is to me anyway. Like, she yeah, seems think... uncomfortable to be saying it. Yeah, I see what you mean. At least, obviously, they end with, like she says, it's no one's business until you say it is. Yeah. But... She should have taken that advice, though, shouldn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that yeah is she true. definitely should have. She did pursue it. I feel like, yeah, I agree. I think reading it, because it's been a while since I read I don't think I've read all new X-Men literally since it finished. Reading it again, I feel like maybe it's like a page too long of her interrogate. Not interrogate again. It sounds like she's berating it and there's nothing wrong with that. She's his, fr- she's her, she's his friend and she's trying to support him. And I agree. I don't think she should get as much hate, but it does feel like a panel too long of uncomfortableness for him. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it, it goes on beyond that because she even then straight up follows it up where he's like, why Why everyone's so in love with you? I have no idea. And she's like, yeah, because you're gay. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, hey, she's, he's like, too soon? <laughs> like, yeah, she's Jean's ready. Jean, yeah, Jean's ready to make the gay jokes as soon as possible. Like, instantly. Mm. Yeah, she's cool with it. But not Bobby, which... Quite rightly. Um, jumping now to Uncanny X-Men, so the, the initial X-Men title, issue 600, we have young Bobby, who was brought forward from the 60s, confrontation with his older self, who, like in the issue before, he says, well, my older self's not gay. And even Gene says, well, no, he's been in a series of failed relationships. And... Obviously, I can only speak from my own life experience, and it's just reading this personally. But I thought that I thought that way almost you could throw Gene out of that scene. Obviously, Bobby has to know to talk to himself about it. Forget Gene's even in that scene because she's there, but like forget her for a minute. I really liked the dynamic of young Bobby talking to older Bobby about themselves. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was very interesting, and I feel like. Again, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but I feel like there may be people listening, obviously, or people in the world right now who go, oh, if I could go back in time and talk to my younger self or if anything like that. Yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic. And also, yeah. older Iceman looks cool. So much cooler than original 60s style Ice Yeah, I was going to say, the smooth head is really off-putting. In ice form, I, I assume you're talking about. Yeah. But in ice form, I'm so used to him having like the ice and not like the smooth, like snowy form. That looked well yeah. weird to me. Yeah, because mutant powers develop as they age as well. They get stronger or more defined. And like 
obviously look at young beast he was just a normal looking human with big hands and big feet and then he they go through what's called like secondary mutations and that's where you got like classic blue beast but um blue upgrade yeah <laughs> he's like oh i'll trade that in for a nice blue model but anyway forgetting how cool older Iceman looks pun intended um <laughs> <laughs> I thought their whole their whole conversation was actually really interesting, and I like I don't like it in that sense, but I I'm I like I tell you what, I like that they're not afraid to capture that older Bobby gets a bit confrontational about it. He does. Mm. He's a bit. All the older ones are a bit aggro in general, but th- that that panel where it's like, what is she? What is young Miss Jean doing here? support support to talk to me were the same person like yeah it's very it is accusationary it is and that the look he's got when he says i'm gay it turns out is very much like i know or i knew and it's i don't know like a it's a very simple panel but i think it conveys quite a lot exactly and i i quite like that Older Bobby, again, for anyone listening, I don't want anyone to... When I'm saying repeatedly, I like, as in just stylistically, storytelling, compelling storytelling, I like that he instantly jumps to, oh, I'm not going to murder you, you're my past self. It's so buried within him, it's not even his first thought of why would this is what he would be talking to me about. Mm. I find that quite compelling in that way. Mm. Oh, definitely. And I think it just goes to show as well, like it's quite interesting here because because you've got the young young version and the older version, but in the same time period, the I think it just it's a good representation, I guess. Um, well, for some people, at least of how it's easier for some people than others. So you've got young Bobby here who I don't know, say say it's this year, say it's 2021. You've got young Bobby who would be a lot social more distancing, obviously social, obviously, <laughs> yeah, um, obviously adhering to those covid guidelines but, um, he's got gloves on exactly and a mask but <laughs> yeah. the um it's i mean this is just like generalizing but i i feel that for younger for some younger lgbt people it is perhaps easier now in a way to be more themselves than it would have been for the older Bobby here when he was younger Bobby's age. Mm. Does that even make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, kind of a, as an example, like if you if you look on social media now, so many people have their pronouns in their mm-hmm. profile, their bio, on TikTok, on Instagram, whatever. So it, it's creating an environment where it's much more yes, it's normal to put your pronouns and it's normal for people to check them before they say something. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. It is, it is very different, vastly different. I think it's, it's really good because it's helping to... I don't really like using this word, but like inverted commas, like normalise things mm-hmm. to, yeah. to make things a lot more widely accepted and more every day rather than it being seen as like an exception it's it's just what someone is and that's cool that's who they are and then move on there's there's no kind of like us and them it's kind of like everyone 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen like with a lot of content creators who are, I mean, as an example, who are born male and assign themselves male, they still still put uh, he him in their mm-hmm. bio because if they make it normal, then it's normal for someone who doesn't assign themselves to the the, the born gender. Then it's it's normalized now, and people are used to seeing it. So it's not you are weird and the exception. It's yeah, this is just normally what we do. Yeah, it's whatever. This is what what people do. So you know how to refer to someone um, in older, the correct way. Older Bobby definitely hasn't gone through that environment like at all. No, no, like the wars not. that and and to be fair, like not to kind of belittle the kind of struggle that real life people are going for, but he's also a mutant, which is massive. He's suffered like a massive of like persecution for that. Mm. So you can kind of see why he's like, he's buried it away because there's that much going on. He's mm. going to be hated for this. He can be hated for that. He can be like, it's too much for him. Well, that's very interesting. Like when he says in that panel further down, he's like, when he, when older Bobby says to younger Bobby, you're going to be a mutant and gay. Wow. How are you more put together than me? So, yeah, yeah definitely. And yeah, I think that, that that's kind of, it's quite, I'd say it's possibly representative. I mean, I'm totally overgeneralizing here and I do apologize. But like, I think especially for older members of the LGBTQ community who have gone through quite a struggle in the past it's for some people they've had to really push stuff down like literally bury it within themselves and just yeah really hide it away make themselves really really unhappy by not being able to to be who they truly are and express how they want to be and who they are and things like that so yeah it it I really feel for him here, like just that frustration inside him that's just been obviously been bubbling away and he's had to bury so far deep within himself. And I think it just makes me feel quite, quite bad for people that have had to go through that in their lives. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I also quite like, I think they're using it as a metaphor on the panel is that when his walls are up, obviously he's holding the snowball. And in that scene, as he's opening up more to the idea, the, the ice is melting away. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, which I think is nice. But, right, I think it's been a really interesting issue, but we do have to wrap it up eventually. So, Adam, well, you can obviously, with content in mind, and just these two issues of comic books, would you go out and buy a comic book? Well, (laughs) here we go again. It's a new season. What will I say? Well, I am, it's going to be a no, but, but. (laughs) New season, same story. Yeah. Bear with me here. So I'm intrigued by the content that we're going to explore this season. Okay. Like I'm really intrigued by the LGBTQ plus representation and how how it's represented and how it's perceived and i'd be interested to to see how stories develop i would have been really interested if this had continued and we could have 
just gone through with like with a this... single character's journey. Yeah, totally. I'd I find that really, really interesting, and I'm sure other people would as well. Um, just making it more mainstream, like you know, like in TV and stuff, where you've got like um, over the last sort of like maybe five to ten years, LGBTQ representation has been on the increase. Um, I feel like, yeah, there needs to be more here, and like comic books need to catch up a little bit. More. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. They do could do with more catching up, definitely. Mm. So next week we're still on our LGBTQ theme. So we're going to be looking at a character created by. Let me get his name again because obviously, typically, I keep all my notes in one place. By Kieran Gillen, and it's a Star Wars character called Doctor Afra. Who he specifically wrote her to be, I said, to speak to kind of the LGBTQ community in that she's a very independent female lead and specifically without an orientation. Interesting. To kind of, yeah, to give that a bit in mind. So, yeah, and we're going to be joined by a guest next week, guys. Ooh, I like Ooh. a guest. Yeah. So, well, depends w- how how they are compared to. Oh, you're still hung up because they, uh, <laughs> they interrupted your bit, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I can't comment on what they'll be like, but we'll see. In terms of which issue of Doctor Afra, I've left that up to our guests to decide. So once I know, I will post it on our Instagram. So people, if they want to read along, they'll know what we're talking about. Is and it? then, yeah. Until next week. Happy Pride Month, everyone. Happy Pride Month. Also, don't forget quickly, um, if you want to get in contact with us, um, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Z2, that's number two, H Comics. And for the entirety of this season, as it's Pride Month, you can use the hashtag Z2H Pride Month to get in touch. Perfect. Cool. See you then. See you later. Happy Pride, everyone.